I gave you everything was mine is yours I want you to live your life of course but I hope you get what you dying for be careful with me do you know what you're doing who's feelings that you hurting and bruising you won't get the whole world but is it worth the girl that you losing be careful with me yeah it's not a threat it's a warning be careful with me Greetings and salutations. This is Brother Marshall Glaze coming back to you from the Sphinx Studios with another episode of To The Youths. To The Youths is a podcast dedicated to the youths who march onward and upward toward the light. Uh, today we will be having a very serious conversation, um, one that has needed to, uh, needed to have been had for a while uh, in regard to um, consent. Affirmative consent, um, and and I have brought in two very knowledgeable uh, brothers in the office. Um, I will let them introduce themselves, but I will uh, give them a brief intro. Um, first one is Brother Henry Stewart. Uh, he is my boss. My uh, he is my thought leader, <laughs> and uh, he is uh, a very very interesting man to say the least. I will let him introduce himself now. Thank you, Marshall, um, especially because you call me very interesting. I'm the new most All out of love, brother, all out of love. <laughs> I, yeah, stay thirsty, my friend. I'm the most <laughs> interesting man in the world. <laughs> uh, good, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm Henry Stewart, as Marshall said. I serve as the Assistant Executive Director and Editor-in-Chief uh, of the Sphinx Magazine. Um, here to talk about uh, relationships between intimate partners, um, how we do it well, um, what messages do we send when we're communicating with our intimate partners and how we can do that better. So I'm glad to be a part of the discussion. And next we have a returning guest, uh, Brother John Rawlins. Uh, he is, um, like I said before, he is a very, uh, very good friend of mine um, and, 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 and one of uh, one of the more knowledgeable uh, brothers uh, in, in regard to um, student affairs. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have him part of this conversation. Um, he has led multiple um, sessions, especially we, we're just coming from AFLV where, mm -hmm. where we talked about uh, toxic masculinity. Um, so this is, this is awesome for him to be here today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Brother John Rollins III. I'm the Director for Leadership Development and Training here at the Corporate Headquarters. Uh, as Brother Glaze said, I have been in student affairs for the last 13 years. Um, and my role within uh, the Corporate Headquarters deals with uh, issues of risk management um, and sexual assault, uh, youth engagement uh, prevention, or youth engagement and uh, youth uh, mentoring, uh, let's see, event management, hazing, all those areas, um, definitely things that I talk about as those are our focuses as a fraternity as it pertains to risk management right now. So I am glad to be here again. Cool. So brothers, it is February 14th. Mm -hmm. That is the day of love. Today is the day of love. Valentine's day as some uh, like to like to call it. Um, <laughs> so this, 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 this conversation uh, was definitely planned. I will to, to say the least uh, we, uh, we're, we're just ready to jump into it. Yeah. yeah? So, Absolutely. so, so, so being that 
that today is the day of love. Let's start off by saying, you know, things, things have changed. The world, we, the world as we know it has changed. We know the rules, um, how, how, things are, um, how things are scrutinized, you know, things, just, just, just little nuances about courtship and, right. and romance and love. So, so tell me, how do I approach a romantic partner? Um, are, are, there, are there certain things that I should say that are appropriate? What, what's, what's inappropriate as well? Well, first, uh, that just depends on, you know, how, <laughs> if you got game or not, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. uh, so, so I don't think that, I, I mean, it's not for me to tell you, you know, what exact words to use in terms of to convince somebody that you are a suitable partner. However, I think that the overarching thing should be that in communicating with an intimate partner that you be respectful, uh, that you make that person feel safe and that nothing in your conversation should connote any kind of uh, power dominance or violence mm-hmm. or, or anything that would threaten their emotional or physical well-being. Um, and so as you think about um, who you are as an individual, how you occupy space in, in, in a situation. So if you are a close talker, you might want to look at that. If you are someone who um, is tactile, you tend to touch people when you talk. You kind of just need to be cognizant of that. Um, but also size and, 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 and power differences in terms of when you're talking to another person. Um, can a person see a way out of a conversation? Like if you corner them in. So those kind of nuances have become increasingly more important. Those were things that maybe we didn't think of years ago um, as intimidating or that uh, made people not feel as safe or as comfortable. And so um, we as men need to be especially cognizant of those types of things because on top of just uh, the privilege and the the power imbalance that comes with um, our maleness, Um, There is the added issue of some folks are off put by the fact that we are black men. So not that you should ever deny that, but uh, we should also be just very cognizant of the role that that plays and how people experience us. So so before um, John jumps in, I will ask you, so how do I how do I make um, my 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 partner uh, feel feel safe without exerting, you know, this this male dominance? Because um, because I know that you say we have to we have to be 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 wary of that. So how do I do it without saying I'm gonna take care of you, baby? I'm a I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be the man. You know, well, I know there are words that, right, that you right. can say, but well, well, first of all, there's a level of self awareness that you kind of have to develop Absolutely. about yourself and about how, and then also be aware of how the other person is responding. Pay attention to. Okay, is this person responding to the words that I'm saying? Do, do they do they fidget like, okay, I need to, where's the door? Or how can, you know, so you, you just kind of have to be self-aware about how you're coming off, but also how is the other person, so as a communicator, I'm always cognizant of, all right, when I send a message, is the receiver receiving it and receiving the message that I intend to send? And is the response that I'm getting from them the intended one? And if not, how can I recalibrate or amend or even apologize Um, because sometimes it's important that we say, you know what, this is not how I mean to come off or this is not what I'm meaning to say. Um, And so sometimes you have to regroup and recalibrate um, so that you make sure that, uh, that, that, that folks feel comfortable with your level of interaction. So it's not so much about feeling physically safe, but it's just 
comfortable. Well, well, that too. That too. Okay. But 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 you also want to make sure that a person because it could be that you've never touched a person aggressively, but by your tone of voice, mm -hmm. um, your voice inflections, yeah. um, and and the way that your body moves when you talk, that a person could feel intimidated or not safe. And unfortunately, you know, we live in a society that has normalized this idea of rape culture, right? So this idea of... What does that mean? It's really talking about the normalization of, you know, sexual violence in our communities, talking about issues around, um, you know, interactions that lead to um, issues of sexual assault, sexual violence, rape, those kind of things, um, and the normalization of it. And, and not just the act of it, but even if you look at things that happen in our culture, look at music, look at television, look at movies, um, all forms of entertainment and media that kind of support these things um, happening in certain certain ways. Um, that's really what rape culture is. And I think what uh, Henry was talking about really goes to this kind of idea of intent versus impact, right? Um, so you may intend, you have all the greatest intentions of the, in the world when talking to this individual, um, how you might want to engage them, but the impact is something that you have no responsibility over. You can't really predict how the person is going to take it. Um, and in this day and age, unfortunately, you don't know what the individual may have dealt with previously. Um, and so your interactions with them could potentially trigger um, something that they may have experienced before and, and bring about some issues, um, which is why, and, and, and unfortunately, in the past, that was, I think that's always been the case, right? But in the past, we just kind of ignored it. And we did what we wanted to do um, because we wanted to do it, right? It was more about us, um, you know, as the individual trying to satisfy our needs in that moment. Um, but when you think about it in the current context, we really are pushing towards understanding the individual, um, how you're interacting, what possible triggers could come about um, to make sure that what you actually intend is exactly what they get from you right and it does the impact doesn't land the wrong way so so let's so let's 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 play a scenario out okay. right let's let's say that i i'm trying to court a young lady mm -hmm. and on my campus um how, how do i know that i'm going about it the right way how do i know that what i'm saying um is 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 right is comforting her and not triggering or if if she has been through something how do I how do I deal with 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 myself and making sure that I'm taking the right precautions to make sure that I'm doing it the right way? What is the right way? Well, well. First of all, how is the young lady responding to you? Okay. So look at her not only what she's saying back to you, but also her nonverbals. But a lot of times, I notice this um, just as I work with people on communication styles. When, especially when, you know, brothers are trying to put their rap down, they're just trying to get it out. You're trying to say what you're mm -hmm. going to say and, you know what I'm saying, get the, and convince them to, to, to either go out with you or come with you or whatever. Yeah. Um, however, if you have a, uh, an interaction with uh, your intimate partner that requires them to respond mm -hmm. and consent. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like, you know, I would really love to take you out. I don't want to spend more time with you. Is that good with you? Okay. That that puts okay. that that gives them the opportunity to, to say, um, if they are you know really into you, mm -hmm. yes, I'd love that. Or um, it gives them an out to say, you know what, I got to study or what you know. Mm -hmm. So you're asking a question like, you know, I, I love movies and so and so movie is playing down there. You know, would it be cool if we went to go see it? Mm -hmm. Instead of, 
hey girl, I'm gonna come pick you up later. <laughs> right. Um, oh, so so what if that doesn't work? What and I and I really like this girl. What if that doesn't work? What, what if she turns me down? Is it is it? And then I and then I I done. But, <laughs> right. oh, okay, okay. And that, and that is a, and that is a part of it. I think unfortunately. So no second chances. It's not there's no second chances, but you really have to evaluate kind of what happened in that moment, what was said, right? Even one of the big things I think about, especially on college campuses, is the where, right? So a lot of these approaches come at social events, at parties where folks are drinking, music is loud, people are trying to have full-out conversations mm -hmm. and can't really hear each other. So things get mixed up in communication. One person thought that this was said, but the other person, no, I actually said this. And you're not in the place where you can actually have a meaningful conversation that leads to actually what you would like, which is, you know, in this case, she's talking about really getting to know the individual, taking them out, going somewhere, right? It, the communication can really get crisscrossed in those settings. So I do think a big piece of this is figuring out kind of in, in terms of the how, it's also where your interactions take place um, and what the kind of setting is around that. When we talk about alcohol um, being present, right? Most people don't even realize, you know, that when someone has had alcohol and someone is inebriated, they cannot consent, right? When we talk about affirmative, this idea of affirmative consent, you can't consent when you're inebriated, right? So even though the person may say yes, if they're drunk, it doesn't mean anything. Especially in the court of law, it means nothing. If you end up having um, you know, sex with that individual and they want to file charges and say that they were raped, they have all the right to do that. Uh, what John is saying is exactly right. Um, but what I want to do is, um, I'm going to be authentic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I haven't been a college brother for 20 years. Um, so some of y'all are only 20 years old. Um, mm -hmm. and that's cool. And I'll be honest, I have met many, many a person in a loud room mm -hmm. where I keep leaning into, to saying, to talking to their ear and we're talking back and forth. And, um, and given the scenario that John gave, there would, for the grace of God, go many people, mm -hmm. myself included, mm -hmm. into some really, really precarious situations. And so I don't want to make it seem like we don't understand that sometimes if you're at a right. party, um, you're at an event where things are loud and, you know, uh, 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 the spirits are flowing, mm -hmm. um, where you get your liquid courage, mm -hmm. that you don't, you know, muster up the ability to now talk to this person that you've probably been seeing all semester and couldn't say something to. Mm -hmm. And so if you're asking, what do I do in that situation? Because I'm sure that this weekend, if not tonight, something like this may happen. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you should listen to what John said in terms of, all right, it might start in a dark, uh, loud room fueled by alcohol, but at some point before anything happens, mm -hmm. there needs to be a sober conversation right. mm -hmm. where you talk very, very directly about what a person is able to consent about. And then also where you, uh, where we as brothers need to make a decision is, am I, do I feel safe moving forward with this situation that there won't be negative repercussion afterwards because I didn't take the proper precautions and get the right kind of consent. It seems like a lot to do. However, it's less than getting a lawyer, mm -hmm. defending yourself, right. and then also rehabilitating your reputation. Because mm -hmm. I'll be really honest with you, if you watch the news headlines, um, as a crisis communicator for over a decade, whenever a, a, a claim of sexual assault is made, there are no winners in that entire situation right. ever again. No one wins. The, 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 the claimant or the, the, the complainant, the person who has to defend themselves, even if you're found out guilty, 
there is still a stigma attached to your reputation and your brand as a human that you were involved in something like that. So sacrifice the mood or the moment mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Right. That's, that's what I'll caution you and say. Okay. And so, you know, we talked a lot about, um, about the in-person, right? We talked about the, um, the, the, the body language. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about being in the party mm-hmm. and, and seeing someone. We're in the digital age. Right. So say mm-hmm. say I'm on Instagram and I direct message a young lady and so you slid into the DMs. I slid into the DMs. Right. Mm-hmm. Slid into the DMs. And we have what I think is the conversation. She comes over to my dorm and she doesn't want to do anything. But I thought I thought we did everything right. What happens in this situation? What what do we do? You played yourself, so escort her home okay. <laughs> to mm-hmm. a place where she's safe. Okay. And you slide into another DM. Okay. <laughs> right. You right. live to fight another day. Yeah. Okay. So what we have to understand, and I'll say this as an older brother, uh, a rejection on one night does not don't let that be the defining moment of your coming of age. Mm-hmm. Don't make a bad decision because you feel rejected in that moment. Right that will define the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's easy for me to say that, you know, years down the road, but I'll say this, there were plenty of nights where I struck out. Mm. Well, not plenty, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there were nights when I struck out. Mm-hmm. And so we got to get to a point where we realize that, that that has to be okay and that we can't substitute the need to score or to win or to whatever for the need to be number one, responsible, respectful, and to make sure that people are safe when they're with us. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, just because you slid in the DMs and people are brave online. Very much so. Yeah, and I, that was my gonna be my thing, right? If you are still questioning whether it actually is going down or is it like, was I successful in this exchange? No, you need to know, right? So it's funny, I was watching um, Gronish the other day and they talked about, you know, this kind of exciting affirmative consent, right? Um, this idea that you know for sure because it's been communicated, like you said earlier, it's been discussed that this is what's happening. And I think part of the issue is in in society, especially when we're young, we're afraid to have those kind of conversations, right? We don't want to just say, uh, like, are we having, are we having sex? You don't want to do that, right? Because it doesn't necessarily seem cool at the end of the day. That's romantic. Right. Mm. But at the end of the day, yeah, I don't want to be a cornball. You know, yeah, you'd rather be a cornball. But you don't want to be a convict though. There we go. Right. Or in trial. There we go. So I think that's, that's the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what if it happens to me? How do I know if I have been sexually assaulted? How do I, what do I do? What happens? Do I, do I tell somebody? Yes. Absolutely. Where do I go? Who can I tell? Well, I think there's a number of individuals you could go to, right? So first I would go to a trusted individual um, on your campus. Um, there are individuals who literally our job is to help you know students d- handle these issues and deal with these issues. No one should have to go through it alone. And unfortunately, again, the culture that we have, you know, makes getting help kind of hard, right? And we talk, you know, because in- intrinsically it's like, oh, I don't want to seem weak. I don't want to seem like I don't know what I'm doing. Or in that moment, I don't want to seem like I'm a victim, right? If something happens to you, go seek help immediately from someone that you trust. Um, who is a campus official, so they can help walk you through the process. Most times, I I can't speak for every single campus because everyone deals with things differently. However, there are what we call confidential um, counselors, right? So individuals who, when you go to them to talk to them about these issues, 
the first thing they'll do is they'll have to remind you that they're a confidential counselor. And the only time that they would report it is if there was, they had an inkling that you were going to harm yourself or somebody else. Otherwise they keep it to themselves. Right. And they ask you what you want done. So it's not as, you know, not the sense that, well, okay, here are the things you have to do. No, no, no. It's all right. You've experienced this. What do you want to do? What are the next steps for you? Do you want to go seek medical attention because you feel like there may be something that you need checked on, right? Do you want to speak to um, a counselor in a counseling center regularly? Is this something that you are ready to and prepared to, you know, take to the officials, to the authorities? Um, those are the individuals you need to be going to. And it is okay to take a friend with you, someone that you trust um, to kind of help you along in that process. Cause in those moments, um, what I find is that individuals really need support. Um, as I've dealt with, unfortunately, having to walk students through that kind of long road after these kind of incidents, um, what I've found is it's always been helpful when they've had a friend or a confidant who is with them, who is encouraging them, who is kind of carrying them as a student or a peer through this process. And, okay, so we talked about if if I'm doing it, right? If I'm doing the assault. We talked about how, how to address that, how to, how to, how to not do that. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, what if it happens to me? What if it happens to someone that I know? Um, a dear friend of mine, right? She or he asked me not to tell anybody. What do I do? Do I, do, I, do I take that internally, keep that secret bottled up? Do I talk to them about it? Do we have an open dialogue or do I just forget what they just said? I'm going to go tell somebody or I'm going to go beat this this dude up. I'm gonna get somebody to beat this girl up. Like, okay. So option number three, no. Right. Um, option number three, no. Um, however, I, there is uh, a responsibility that you have, um, I, in my opinion, as a friend, as a man, as an alpha man, mm-hmm. um, to to do the proverbial right thing, and that thing evolves during the life cycle of the crisis. In the beginning, it may not be for you to share this with other people or to force them to. It may be that they confided in you and so you should just merely make them feel comfortable and help them get over this tremendous thing that has happened to them and to help them to recover from it themselves. And then as the comfort level rises, then kind of bring to them uh, the option of we need to make sure that this doesn't happen to other people. We need to tell the proper authorities so that you could get the right kind of help. Um, and then as that starts to happen, then and so the, the, the retribution part of it is not for you to do mm-hmm. um, because that complicates things in many cases right. that escalates things in many cases. And also for a person, if they were maybe reticent to have themselves known in the first place, it also publicizes it. Mm-hmm. So you just have to take yourself out of it in terms of what you want and what you want to do and think about whoever this friend is that has given you the awesome burden and responsibility in helping to care for them after something really, really traumatic has happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other, I will add to that. I think what Henry said was absolutely correct. What I will add to that and, and something that I don't necessarily think is always considered, sometimes the individual will go to somebody who might actually be triggered because something has happened to them or someone they're connected to in the past. Um, one of the things I always suggest in that moment, that person who, who has been, you know, the information has been told to, if you were going to counseling already, I would continue to talk about that, not naming names or not, you know, necessarily have to name the incident, but say, you know, this thing happened 
and it's it's triggering to me and I need to kind of help process it because I think to get to what Henry's talking about in terms of making the individual feel comfortable and feel safe, you also have to feel safe. Mm -hmm. um, and again, even in those scenarios, um, a counselor can potentially help you figure out what words to say. Again, it's not you going to them and saying, this happened to so-and-so and I need you to help me get them through this. Um, but you know, this is something that has come to me and I just wanna know how to handle it, right? How to, what, what do I do if you've mm -hmm. not been in that situation and maybe you're not at the place where you feel like you can just um, provide that support. Um, but I think, again, like you said, Henry, it's about making the individual feel comfortable, feel safe, right? Validating that this happened to you, you got it, you're gonna have to feel how you feel. Um, and I'm going to be there every step of the way that I can. And when you are ready to do whatever, I'm going to be there with you. Mm -hmm. And so let's say this, let's say, let's say I muster up the courage to, to, to go and, and, and confess what I've done or, or to tell someone about what I saw or heard, or, um, what if it happened to me? Um, let's say somehow the word gets out somehow one of your friends, the, well, you're gonna have to get new friends after this, but say say one of your friends just spreads a rumor that oh, Marshall went to go see uh, 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 the mm -hmm. the dean of students mm -hmm. or the counselor. What if that word gets out and now everybody and their mama is talking about me? Okay, so this is kind of my bill of controlling narratives. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna say something to you, which is the best strategy. Um, it's really much harder to do than to say, but it's probably the best strategy. The first thing you need to do is get over yourself. And, and, and this mm -hmm. is what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. Understand that the things that you need to do to take care of yourself and to be responsible trump anything that any other person yes. says about you. Mm -hmm. I always used to tell my mentees that other people's opinion of you is really none of your business. Um, and so what you have to do is understand that there is no safety in being popular. That the true safety comes in you being, if you're able to be alone with yourself mm -hmm. and be okay, if your thoughts don't haunt you, if your, uh, your feelings about what has happened to you or what's happening to you, if you can be okay with how you're moving in that space, then that needs to be paramount. And so that, the way that you control or you flip a narrative is, is actually, you always tell your own truth mm -hmm. when you're ready and when you're comfortable, mm -hmm. but don't yield to popularity or public opinion to make you feel comfortable because it's a hollow victory. Mm -hmm. And so, so many times when you're coming of age, when you're young 20s or what have you, um, late teens, you know, it's important what other people think about you. Um, but what you'll soon find is that those things are not the things that are gonna be able to sustain you throughout your life. It'll haunt you later, it'll show up in different ways um, that are detrimental to you and your development. Um, so, uh, put yourself first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you can let, you know, again, if you're already somebody who's talking to those, um, you know, officials um, who are involved, you let them know that. And there are generally things that they can put in place. For instance, if it's an issue where you feel like you need to move to another area of campus or you just need, you know, some other supervision, you know, individuals to look out for you, they have those things in place. But okay. again, like you said, you got to do what's best for you. Um, you can't worry about everybody else in their opinion. Okay. And, um, you know, last, last but least. Um, I will say this. What if my LB? What if my LB is the perpetrator? What if my LB, um, or or my sans from 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 the close by campus? What happens if if 
if they if they are the perpetrators of the assault or if they're the victim. You know, but let's let's just let's just more focus on perpetrating it. What if they what if they are the assailant, right? How do we hold each other accountable? Do do I rat on my not not rat, but you know what I'm saying? Do I go tell tell the 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 appropriate authorities on my line brother or my pro fight or my neo? Mm -hmm. How do we how you do we go about that? <laughs> I think first of all it starts with you having a conversation with that brother. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a podcast that um not to become the old head. Um, but this is a podcast that is, uh, has its incipiency in the Brotherhood of Alpha Phi Alpha. There are certain things that we know in terms of the way that we're supposed to act and hold each other accountable. Don't let go of that because something happens, mm -hmm. because it becomes inconvenient. Right. There is a joy of brotherhood, but there's an inconvenience and a burden that comes with brotherhood. Mm -hmm. So never forget your burden. And so your burden, just as he's there to hold you up, you're there to hold him accountable as well as hold him up. And so it's a, it's a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, uh, I've seen it happen a, a couple times, unfortunately, where you've had to call a brother to the carpet. Mm. Um, and so, and those responses aren't always positive. Mm. And there are sometimes relationships that are severed because your character and your moral fiber and who you are and the oath that you took to be a part of this organization because you believed yourself to be a certain kind of person has to rule out over anything else. Because mm -hmm. you have to live with you. You have to be able to look at you mm -hmm. um, and put yourself in the position of either that person that was harmed or understand that it could have been someone in your family or something like that. So um, it's a difficult, difficult situation that I don't wish on anyone. Mm. However, we're called to, to, you know, just like that phone is ringing now, um, <laughs> we're called to, to, to answer um, when we have to be our best selves, meaning that we have to hold our brothers accountable. Mm. And I think, you know, Oftentimes, in some of these situations, there may be signs ahead. Um, it's being accountable to your brother and, and being able to talk to him about those things, right? Helping him see, brother, I, I saw this. It didn't look comfortable. It didn't look like the best situation you should be in. Let me let, talk through it, right? Or it had that conversation. Um, being loyal to your brother, holding them up is not not saying anything, right? It's not just being quiet and kind of letting the thing slide but it is like Henry said approaching them and, and saying like I, I gotta talk to you about this and actually being that accountable person and that goes the same for um, if LB Profite Neo yeah. um, was was the victim absolutely absolutely I think you know again it's not just sweeping it under the rug mm -hmm. or ignoring it but being supportive in whatever way so right if you see the individuals going down that road um, to be the assailant or the perpetrator, it's you know doing what you can to stop them from that. But if it's someone who is approaching you because they've been a victim, going back to what we said earlier, supporting them, making them feel comfortable, helping them through the process so they can get to the end that they desire. Yeah. Well, brothers, uh, if I missed anything, please now speak now, forever hold your peace, <laughs> or we will just revisit this and have another episode. Um, because this is this is definitely an, a never-ending conversation. Uh, we can't we can't fit everything in a matter of thirty minutes. Um, what we did cover today, I think, will help a lot of people. Um, you uh, your brothers are very insightful. Uh, thank you for being a part of this, uh, and I will be glad to 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 have you back for another episode. Well, to to yes yeah, yes of course of course you know he ain't heavy he my yeah, brother right, that's right. so. That's right. Um, Yes, again, so thank you for being here. 
again, this this uh, this segment is dedicated to the youths who march onward and upward toward the light. Um, brothers Stewart, Rollins, and Glaze, signing off. Oh, you better treat me carefully, carefully.